0: series called The Way. And we've created a number of resources and a number of ways for you to engage with this material. Sunday morning is really an introduction to the topic. So for those of you who are like, man, we're going to get like deep, 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 deep into stuff. No, Sunday morning's an introduction to the topic. Your life group during the week gets deeper into the topic of, you know, looking at the scriptures and learning how to apply these scriptures to your life. And then we've made resources available, whether you want to pick up a printed coffee, copy, coffee. I'm already thinking about coffee after the service. If you want to grab a printed copy at the cafe, this is a daily devotional to help you get deeper, deeper into hearing from God. Because that's what we did when we started this series off last week. And we'll put that there because it's going to distract you later. Um, is this whole idea that we as followers of Jesus um, are called to walk in the way of Jesus. We're called to abide in him. It's to remain in him as he remains in us. And you and I have a choice in that relationship that we have with Jesus We could step back a little bit and settle for a Christianity, settle for a faith that's boring, comfortable, and really doesn't change anybody, including ourselves. And you can do that, and the Bible teaches that you can get to heaven that way. The Bible kind of calls it, we'll show up with our backsides a little bit burnt, because we will have felt the flames (laughs) of being separated from God, but you'll be there. But that's not Jesus's desire for his church. That Jesus wants you to have true fruit. And we saw last week that fruit is this eternity. Things that are going to last forever. Your friends, your family, your colleagues, your neighbors, coming into the kingdom of God to know the love of God for all eternity. To grow in Christ-like character, joy, patience, uh, patience, gentleness, self-control, discipline, all of these things are eternal characteristics of God that last forever. See, We step into true fruit. Jesus calls us and then as we're abiding in him and this true fruit is being produced in our lives, you and I will experience true life. The life that we were created for. The life that brings joy, regardless of the circumstances that we're in. And then in that, we experience true love. The love of a God who would die for you. The love of the body of Christ, that even in our imperfection, we learn to love one another perfectly. As we wrestle through that. So, this week, if you're following along in the devotional study, this week's theme is the topic of, does God speak today? And as I was prepping this message, I was going, okay, this is the big theme, and does God speak today? And originally on, by Wednesday, the only word I had in my sermon outline was, yes, So I was kind of like, Lord, if that's the call, like I'm literally just walking up to the podium and I'm going to say, yes, God speaks today. And then I'm just going to go and sit back down and we'll have like this awkward pause for the next 40 minutes. (laughs) No, I'd get Paul to jump in and do something at that point. Okay. But, but what I want us to do, you're going to get deeper into the topic of God speaking, how God speaks, how we learn to listen how we learn to hear him. And, um, but what I want to talk about today, as we introduce this topic, is I want to address today why it is important to hear God speak to you. See, for several years in my own faith journey, and my wife can attest to this, I wrestled with the idea of God speaking to me personally and i would even use language like you yeah, know absolutely god speaks through his word and i firmly believe that firmly believe that but then sometimes as a pastor as a dad uh, as a as a husband as just a guy out in the world you're called to make some decisions and and we men can be really guilty of this as we just kind of go about making the decision on our own and i've taken this posture of, well, if I can't find the exact verse that tells me what to do, God doesn't speak. I don't say that anymore <laughs> because God speaks and God cares and God guides. You and I just have to learn the discipline of hearing him and obeying him. And so today, again, I'm not going to teach you how to hear him, how to listen to him. That's going to be in your devotional time this week. But I want to talk about why it is important for followers of Jesus to hear God. Okay? And to, to do this, we're going to be looking at a passage from John chapter 14. So if you have a Bible with you, I would encourage you to open up to John chapter 14. If you want to use the Uversion Bible app, you can use that as well. There's a little tab in that app that says events. You can click that, and you'll find Greenbelt there, and you can see the entire outline there, and you can take notes directly in your mobile device that way. So John chapter 14, and and it's in this chapter, John chapter 14, where Jesus says one of his biggest I am statements, (laughs) We talked about this a little bit last week, where seven times Jesus declares, I am something. And what he is doing with those I am statements is he's pointing us to the character and the nature of who God is. Right? Jesus is not saying, I'm a prophet. Jesus is not saying, I'm a teacher. Jesus is not saying, I'm just a good moral man to follow. He's pointing to himself as God as creator of heaven and earth, of the alpha, the omega, as the one that created all things in him, through him, and for him. It's a big claim. And I realize in our culture and in our world today, not everyone holds to that claim. But it is what he said. We could turn around and not believe it. We just can't say Jesus never said it because he did. And he declares these seven I am statements. And the, one of the, I think personally, one of the biggest ones that we hold as a foundational truth as a church family is this. Where Jesus declared, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now that's a bold, big deal statement. <laughs> Jesus is not saying whatever faith works for you is fine with God. Jesus is not saying that there's a hundred different ways to come and know God the Father. Jesus is saying there's only one way. Seems very restrictive. The beauty is there might only be one way to the Father, but there's seven billion ways to Jesus. That everybody's story here in this room and online is unique and different. How I came to know Jesus is radically different than how my wife came to know Jesus. It's different than how my children came to know Jesus. And that's just four of us, four different stories right there, right? So this is a major declaration. And so Jesus is addressing um, his followers here in John chapter 14, He makes this major declaration that I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And it's that exact type of teaching that got Jesus killed. You see, you don't execute Mr. Rogers for telling people to love their neighbor. In a Jewish context, you get executed for declaring yourself to be God. He was arrested and executed for blasphemy saying, I'm God. Jesus is declaring his divinity, divinity to forgive sin, to judge the living and the dead, and to set up his eternal kingdom. Right, that's the context of John chapter 14. There's big, big, bold statements being said. So now let's read from verse 15, where Jesus promises the sending of the Holy Spirit to his followers. I'm going to read from verse uh, 15 to uh, 27, if you want to follow along in your Bible. Jesus says these words, says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And then Judas, well, not Judas Iscariot. There were two Judases among Jesus's followers. Bad Jesus' followers. Uh, Jesus bad Judas and good Judas. <laughs> and so this good Judas says, but Lord, why do you intend uh, to show yourself to us and not to the world? Why are you keeping this message so private right now? Just get on social media and advertise yourself to everybody. If you're ever seeing Andrew Lloyd Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar, that's the big song at the end. Why did you come in such a backward time when you couldn't announce yourself to the whole world? Why not show up when you could instantly grab a cell phone and declare yourself God before the entire world? Well, because God has a different plan than us, right? But Judas had the same question 2,000 years ago. Why are you showing yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father uh, will love them and he will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And all this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, capital A, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you peace i leave with you my peace i give you i do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid so here we have jesus again who had just made this big declaration jesus god the way the truth the life the only way to god the father talks about god's love <laughs> Talks about being in God's love. Talks about God's love being in you. And there's this kind of, it's kind of easier if you do this illustration with Tupperware, where you take you, and then you put Jesus in you, and then you put yourself in another Tupperware that says Jesus, and it's kind of this God in me, and me and God, and it can kind of make our human brains go, what? Okay, you'll do that in some of your devotional stuff this week, and that's a good thing. But it's this completeness that God restores in his relationship with his children. And the seal of that, the proof of that, the complete total evidence that that has happened, that you are in Christ and Christ is in you, is the advocate. It's the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now I get it. Sometimes we as good Baptists... We go, Father, Son, Bible. And there's nothing wrong with your Bible. I'm a big, big, big believer in the importance of studying and knowing your Bible. But I think we get afraid of the Holy Spirit. And the Baptocostals in the room go, amen. That's how I categorize myself, Baptocostal. Okay. It can be because there's a lot of weird stuff. And a lot of weird teaching when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And we got to be mindful of that. But what I want to show you today from the Word of God is that God does speak. God does speak. And we ask ourselves, why is it important to hear God? Right? The Greek word that's used to describe the advocate if you read different English translations of this verse of the Advocate, you'll see different groups of people, different Christian backgrounds use very different words to describe Holy Spirit, because the word is huge. Like Greek and Hebrew are such like big, beautiful languages. like their words mean so much, and English being the common language. right English is for commoners. You didn't know that it's it's the common language. It's for commoners. That's why mass used to be in Latin or in Greek because it's so rich and so beautiful and there's so much depth to it, but the common people didn't understand it. So praise God that we have the, his word in a common language that we can understand. But sometimes we miss the richness of the word, right? This advocate, is an advocate, and this is a legal term. This is your lawyer who is going before the judge on your defense, and they are going to fight for you. The word can also be the comforter. When the world is hitting you and life is hard, there is comfort that is close, there's the helper. <laughs> When you don't know what to do and you don't know what decision to make, your helper is right there close to you. And then there's the counselor. Over the last three years, I have spent a lot of time with my counselor, dealing with anger and dealing with the way the world is and why is everything like this. I spent a lot of time lying on my couch, talking to my counselor. Okay, All these different words about the Holy Spirit, right? And Jesus says that the role of the Spirit um, to play that will play in your life, Jesus like flat out declares that his role, Holy Spirit's role, is to help you and to be with you forever. To be with you forever. And so kind of the big idea that I hope we can unpack for the rest of our time together is this. Right? Hearing and listening to God is a result of our closeness to him. Right? If the Holy Spirit is with us and in us, that he's here to help us, that he's here with us forever. Why would we want, not want to hear from him? Why would we try to figure it out on our own? Why would we try to wrestle with this by ourselves, right? When the advocate, the seal of our salvation is right here, right? This advocate that you and I received, and you didn't receive the seal of your salvation by being a good girl, being a good boy, keeping all the religious rules, volunteering at church, tithing 10%, all of these rules, all of these disciplines that we put into place, And those are all good things. But the seal of our salvation comes when we realize that there's sin. That in my humanness, that this holy, perfect God, who's completely loving, but is yet also completely just. And that he must deal with sin. And in the way the Bible says sin must be dealt with is through the shedding of blood. And that's why the ancient Israels, they would kind of put their hands on animals to pass their sin on to the animal. And then the animal would be sacrificed at the altar in the temple. So that God's wrath against sin would, go, would be on there because that's the shedding of the blood. But that was temporary and had to be done again and again and again and again because we're just talking sheep and goats and bulls and doves. And, you know, that they're just what they are, no matter how. Un- perfect they are and without blemish they are they're still just animals but then jesus came fully god fully man lived a perfect sinless life and that's why we declare him as the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world that the lamb of god the sacrifice of god that The wrath of God, our sin is put on him. The Bible says that him who knew no sin became sin for us. In fact, the Bible goes even deeper and it says that Jesus died while you and I were still enemies of God in our sin. (laughs) That Christ died for us. And all we do is say, thanks be to God that I'm not getting what my sin deserves. (laughs) Because I know my sin. (laughs) I know the thoughts that pop into my head. I know the attitudes that grip my heart. I started, if you follow me on social media in the morning, I have more spare time now because my kids are grown up. So I wanted to be out in the community a little bit more. So I said, I'm going to be a crossing guard. I thought that would be fun to be outside, say hi to kids in the morning and all of this. I've been doing this for two weeks now, and my sense of justice, (laughs) and I just want to run out into the street and take that metal stop sign and throw it at every car that's burning the stop sign. I'm on like four-lane highway, not highway, but a four-way road merging in. People are burning through. I almost got hit three times in two days. My sense of justice is, is warped. I sinned a lot those first two days. (laughs) And on day four, I said, God, thank you that I'm not getting what I deserve in my sin. That's how we come to God. Father, forgive me a sinner. And when we do that, Jesus promises this Holy spirit, this advocate, this comforter, this helper, this counselor who comes to help us to be with us forever. The Holy Spirit is not someone to be afraid of. But we have to learn. We have to discern. We have to make sure we're following the teachings of the word of God. And so three things that I would like us to take from this text. Is three ways that we can see God speaking to us. What Jesus says. I love verse 26. Where Jesus says... That the purpose of the Spirit, of Holy Spirit, is to remind us of everything Jesus said. That's one of his roles. That he's going to remind you and me, as followers of Jesus, he's going to remind us of what Jesus said. So let's look at what Jesus said and be reminded of it. To learn why you should want to listen to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at three things that the Holy Spirit can do for us. The first is this, and I encourage you to write these down so you can talk about them in your life group this week. The first is helping us in guarding our identity. The Holy Spirit, as he speaks to us, he helps guard, he guards our identity. Jesus says um, these words in verse 18. He says, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will not leave you as an orphan the Holy Spirit has to guard our hearts on our identity. You see, this idea of not being an orphan is a crucial, crucial part of our faith journey and abiding in Jesus, right? See, being an orphan in the ancient Middle East, uh, in the Middle East, in ancient times, and even in a lot of Middle Eastern cultures and Asian cultures today still, right? Being an o- orphan, puts you in a position to be completely taken advantage of. That's why God's heart, right from the beginning of the Bible, right to the very end of the Bible, is a heart for the orphan. It's a heart for the widow. It's a heart for the least of these. Why? Because humans stink. And we humans will take advantage of whoever we can to get what we want. And it's very easy to take advantage of an orphan who has no family, no father to protect them, no legacy, no future, no inheritance. And God's heart is for the orphan. You see, God steps into our lives and completely restores our relationship with him. Not just as distant God, not just as righteous God, not just as holy God, but as Abba, Father, <laughs> Heavenly Father. See, and we need to be reminded, we need to let Holy Spirit speak to us and guard our hearts about who we are as children of God. We need to be reminded that your, your identity has been completely, totally restored. Your relationship with God the Father is he is your father. You are not an orphan. You're not alone. You have a daddy who protects you. You have a daddy who provides for you. You have a daddy who gives you a legacy. You have a daddy who gives you an inheritance. (laughs) Right and when you study the Bible and the words of Jesus and the teachings of the apostles all of these good things about our relationship with God should just flood our hearts because you have a spiritual enemy that is attacking you on your identity you are no good you're a loser Look at social media and look at the influence all these other leaders have or these other business people have or these other politicians have. Look how great they are and look how you are. Our spiritual enemy is attacking, attacking, attacking our identity. And we need to have our hearts guarded. That you are beautifully made, fearfully and wonderfully made as a child of God. You're created in the image and likeness of a holy God who loves you. You're not an accident. You didn't evolve from pond scum hit by lightning. You were created with a purpose and with a plan by your heavenly father. And he wants to give good things to you as his beloved child. We need to guard our hearts about our identity. Holy, forgiven, a child of God co-heir with Christ, a holy temple, a son, a daughter, a saint, blessed, freed, created in the image of God, conqueror, victorious. Let him speak to you today. Guard your heart on your identity. Do not believe the lie of your enemy that would tell you anything other than that. That's why we should listen to him. Number two. He guards our minds. Guarding our minds is another task of the Holy Spirit. Again, um, Jesus says these words in John 14, verse 26. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Right? The Spirit right? As God's means of communication with his children on earth, he instructs believers to lead them to follow God's will. How can you know how to follow God's will if you're not listening to try to determine what God's will is? I get people all the time. I'll pay you $5, Sam, for talking about you this morning. I haven't done that in a while. I got five bucks in my pocket, so we'll just settle later. And, um, People come up to me all the time. It's actually not a story about you, so I don't owe you anything. Um, People come up to me, (laughs) and they say, how am I able to let her go where I don't know she's going? Because God told me when she was little, she was leaving. Do I like it? No. Am I wrestling with God with it? Absolutely. But he told me she's going. So I equip her. I love her. I build into her, I bless her, and I release her in Jesus' name. Am I going to cry like a broken four-year-old later? Absolutely. (laughs) Right? But you hear God's voice. You learn God's will. Now, there was no Bible verse that told me to do this. (laughs) Right? And I'm not setting myself up as a hero. Please don't, because I'm wrestling with a lot of this stuff too. Right? But you've got to let the Holy Spirit guard your mind to teach you the things that Jesus taught. Jesus taught us to go into the ends of the earth and make disciples of all the nations. So how dare I stop that from happening? Just because I'd rather my daughter live nearby and have babies nearby that I can play with my grandkids. You know what I mean? I had pl- wonderful plans for your life, just saying. Okay? But Jesus taught us to go. Why would you ever stop your child from going? We need to be reminded. We need to guard our mind. Not my will, your will be done. Now, here's the challenge of what Jesus says here, that the Holy Spirit is going to teach us all things. This doesn't mean just trust your feelings. My feelings say I should do this. And so Jesus is telling me I should leave my wife and hook up with my 19-year-old secretary. Jesus didn't say that. Okay, something else said that. I won't point to it. <laughs> Welcome to Greenbelt Church. I've never been here before. I realize my wife goes, you crossed the line again, and it happens. Okay. It doesn't mean you will automatically know everything all by yourself. We need one another to help us hear the Holy Spirit together. See, it's done in Community. It's done under the teachings of the apostles. Jesus will never tell you, Holy Spirit will never tell you something in opposition to the word of God, ever, ever. Jesus will never tell you to do something that the word of God says don't do, okay? But he speaks to us in community and we need one another to listen to the Holy Spirit to help guard our minds. Because this is, if you try to do this by yourself, the danger of trying to do this by yourself, of just trying to do it on your own without listening to the Holy Spirit, without being in community, is your spiritual enemy, Satan, is an expert at twisting the Bible to make the Bible believe what you want it to believe. It's what he tried to do with Jesus when he tempted him. He took the teachings of the Bible. He took the Bible to give Jesus to, be, to give Jesus permission to be disobedient to the will of the Father. If you're the Son of God, just make bread. You're hungry. You haven't eaten in 40 days. If you're the Son of God, just jump off of this cliff. The angels are going to come and protect you. And Jesus had to rebuke his spiritual enemy with the correct interpretation of the Bible. <laughs> okay? And it's the Holy Spirit who does that. So so if your gut says, oh, the Bible says I can just do this. The Bible doesn't care who I sleep with. The Bible doesn't care how I live my life. I can do whatever I want. Um, Ask the Holy Spirit if that's actually true. Right? You have to listen to him because he wants to guard your mind. He wants to guard your mind, so we need to be listening to him. So the Holy Spirit guards our identity according to what Jesus teaches here. The, the Holy Spirit guards our minds according to what Jesus teaches here. And then finally, is the Holy Spirit helps to guard our hearts. He guards our hearts. Like Jesus says in, in John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. How many of you in your busy life would like more peace? Now, depending on how you lifted up your hand, we might all have different definitions of what peace even means. Maybe for you, peace is I would just like to sit on my lazy boy and have everybody leave me alone. <laughs> okay? Okay. Yay. Praise be to God. I I would just love for my phone to not ring. I would just love for this one family member to get their life together. I would just love like whatever that is. Right. Right. But Jesus does remind us that he does not give you that Jesus doesn't give us peace the way the world gives peace. The world tries to tell us if you just had more money, if you just had a bigger car, if you just had a better house, if you just had better clothes, if you just had more people following you on Instagram, if you're just a person of influence, all of these things, then you'd have this peace. And we all know, and, and you've experienced this in your own life, more stuff doesn't bring more peace. More stuff just brings more work and more problems. I mean, a couple of years ago, like during COVID, when everything was locked down during the summer, I was trying to figure out how we're going to spend our summer vacation as a family when we weren't allowed to go anywhere, right? My, fa- my family has like some pretty significant health issues, and so we wanted to be respectful of them and all of that in this. And so I said, you know what? I, and I'm not a rich man, so I was like, I'm going to buy one of the like, inflatable hot tubs. I can't, I'm not going to buy a $7,000 hot tub. That's just crazy. If you have one, God bless you. But I don't. I've got a $400 inflatable one. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's gonna just bring so much peace. And I'm just gonna sit in my inflatable hot tub in my backyard all summer long. You know how much work I gotta do on that stupid inflatable hot tub? Like every two days it's green. And I put my foot in, it's like, and it's like, why is this slimy? And I gotta vacuum it, and I gotta play with the chemicals, and I gotta do all this stuff, and I gotta get all the dead bugs out of it. I'm like, where's the peace? I was told the hot tub's supposed to bring me peace. Right? Jesus doesn't give peace like the world gives peace, because <laughs> the world lies to us. The world says this will bring you peace, and it just brings us more stress. <laughs> the world even says it's kind of the religious lie is that you just need to work harder and harder and harder and harder and harder, and maybe God will love you. Maybe you can have peace with God. Maybe you can go to heaven. And Jesus gives us a radically different peace that you can know you're going to heaven. 1,000%. And have complete peace that you don't have to worry about God's judgment against sin. Because I believe Jesus died for me. And that's it. Complete, total peace. And because of that peace that Jesus gives, I can have peace with the people around me. That I don't have to look at people as my enemy. That I can see people, even in the challenge of life, even with the people that I disagree with, even with the people who disagree with me, and there seems to be more and more of them these days. (laughs) And they're vocal about it. But I can truly love them as image bearers of God and sleep soundly at night (laughs) that God is going to do something with them. And it's not my problem. (laughs) But if God calls me in his will to be part of the problem, that was point number two, that I got to know his will guard my mind, right? Jesus comes to give peace. And those are very comforting words that the Holy spirit, as he speaks to us in our times of stress, in our times of worry, in our times of trouble, Holy Spirit speaks as a counselor, as a helper to get rid of our worry, to get rid of our stress, to deal with our fear, to deal with our anxiety, our confusion, and our pain. We need to step into the discipline of peace and quiet to hear from him. Because Jesus wants to bring this to us, reminding us of the wholeness of the relationship that we have with our heavenly father to remind us of the power that we have available to us to remind us that our sins have been completely paid for to remind us that God is close, that he is so close that we can hear him speak through his word, through his still small voice, through a friend, through a family member. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to all of us. But as I said at the beginning of this message, it starts with knowing Jesus. Like Jesus, he he says the world can't know the Holy Spirit. You can know about him, but you can't know him. You can't hear him if you've not done what Jesus says here, that you need to believe in Jesus, And when you step into that belief in Jesus, then God the Father sends Holy Spirit to be in you and with you for all eternity. And so if you're here today or if you're joining us at Greenbelt Online and you've never done that, it's actually really simple to do. You you don't need to take a class. You don't need to take, you know, like a seminary course or, or anything like that. Like right where you're sitting at home or in the room here, it's simply, Father, forgive me. You know your sin. God knows your sin. He's not shocked by it. God's not like sitting up there going, holy smokes, what's wrong with her? He's not doing that. He didn't do it with me. He's not doing it with you. There's nothing you can do that God can't forgive. Nothing. And so we just say, Father, thank you that Jesus died to forgive me. Send your advocate. I need your help. If you pray that way, just that simply pray like that this morning. Come and tell me after the service. Put that in the chat at Greenbelt online. We want to rejoice and celebrate with you today. And then when you do that, or if you've done that 50, 60, 80 years ago, or eight weeks ago, whenever it was, believe the teachings of Jesus here. That Jesus has sent an advocate to help you. To be with you forever. He wants to speak to you in guarding your identity. He wants to speak to you in guarding your mind. He wants to speak to you in guarding your heart. Let's all trust together as a family of God. That he's going to do that this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father I thank you for the reminder that we see here in your word. That the spirit comes to remind us of everything that Jesus taught. (laughs) That the Holy Spirit, third part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, still speaks to his church today. (laughs) So Lord, whatever we find ourselves dealing with, the questions that we're wrestling with, the situations that we find ourselves in, God, I ask that you would speak today, (laughs) whether it's before we leave here, at home later this afternoon, in our life group later this week, Lord, speak. Your children are listening. We know the easy answer that to the question, does God still speak today? We know the answer is yes. Your word says he does. So, Lord, we want to hear your voice. God, for those who are here who have been struggling with their identity, believing the lies of their spiritual enemy, that they're no good, Lord, remind them of who they are in Christ. That they are not an orphan, that they are your beloved son and daughter. God, for anyone who is struggling in their mind of believing the lies of our enemy, guard their mind to know the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And finally, God, guard our, our hearts, bring peace to our hearts and everything that we deal with. Bring comfort to our hearts, take away our fears and our anxieties and replace them with your love. So Holy Spirit, as we continue to worship, speak, your children are listening. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.